0: Well, as we've said harvest is an opportunity to do two main things it is a chance to stop and thank god for his kindness and his provision what he's given to us and the things that we so often take for granted but also it's an opportunity for us to help those in need and to think of the needs around us which is why often on a harvest sunday we will um, we collect for food bank any, every weekend maybe we'll take a collection for food bank or historically uh, they'd have been gifts given that would be taken to um, different places of need and charities all around and those kind of things aren't just something that they've thought of in the last few years or last few centuries actually that principle goes back to the old testament we see there when there was a time of harvest god commanded his people don't harvest right to the edge of the field okay so don't make the most of every single bit no leave some of the side For those who are in need for the poor and needy so built into god's uh, when god's people were there and they were growing and depending on these crops every year built into that system god would say leave the edges leave some for those in need make sure you're supporting and helping those who need it so that's part of what christians and those who trusted in god have been doing for for years but we're going to look today at the good samaritan and see how this one of the most famous stories in the bible can help us really understand Um, some of the biggest questions that life can ask and we can ask in our life so it's going to help us this parable is going to help us with three things our purpose it's going to help us with our problem and it's going to help us with our saviour so our purpose our problem our saviour those are the three things we'll look at together now so the first thing is this parable helps us with is our purpose now questions are a great way of learning aren't they And if you've been around a young child maybe a two or a three-year-old you will know that there's lots of whys why 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 everything because well they're absorbing things they're learning things for the first time they're trying to work out what is this all about what's going on why is that happening like that why is this happening there and as we grow up we tend to ask less questions don't we we tend to ask that question why a lot less i wonder why that is (laughs) Is it because we've learnt a lot, probably? Is it because sometimes we assume that other people know the answers and we don't and we shouldn't ask because we're embarrassed? I think often that is the case. Is it because we're afraid of the answers and so we don't want to ask the questions? There could be lots of reasons in there why we don't ask questions. But a good question for us to ask this morning, isn't it, is this. What's the purpose of life? Why are we here? Why do we exist on planet Earth? well the parable of the good Samaritan does touch on and helps us with that because this story this famous story that Jesus tells doesn't just come out of nowhere Jesus doesn't just say um, let me tell you a good story no it comes because somebody asks him a question do you notice that Uh, this lawyer comes up to Jesus and this lawyer wants to test him so he's not asking this really because he wants the answer he wants to catch Jesus out and so he says teacher what should I do to inherit eternal life what do I do need to do to be accepted by God what do I need to do to live forever what do I need to do to uh, to do this Jesus and Jesus answers with a question what is written in the law how do you read it tell me about the law tell me about that Old Testament and and the laws that God has what do they say well in the law if you read through it there's over 700 commands but here it is all summarized into two in verse 27 because he answered love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself so all the law could be summed up in those two love God with everything you've got and love others as you love yourself love God with all your heart all your soul all your strength all your mind Love him with all your emotions, all your consciousness, all your drive. Everything about you, you need to give it to God. He needs to be first. He needs to have everything. And hand in hand with that is, is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. We must love those around us with the same energy, the same drive, the same passion, the same urgency, the same heart as we do ourselves. We need to make sure they have food in the same way we make sure we have food we need to make sure they are emotionally okay as in the same way that we try and care that we are emotionally okay we need to make sure that they have friendships as we want and desire friendships they have clothing as we make sure we have clothing the same care that we have for ourselves God says have that care for other people so do you see that God's kind of design for us can be summed up in that way our purpose for life number one We need to give everything to god live for him number two look after others love others because he's assuming we're going to look after ourselves and care for ourselves so do you see the reason we exist this is how life works best now we might think hang on that sounds very hard it sounds very restrictive you know it doesn't sound like i want to i want to be free i don't have to listen to what god has to say but do you realize as humans we need some kind of restrictions we need uh, actually we flourish when we have the right limits and restrictions an example would be athletes you look at an athlete running yeah or throwing or swimming and those are the peak of their game those are the top of their game aren't they when they see them running they're just gliding they're they're flying not literally but they are going so fast or a swimmer who's been working really hard on their technique and everything they are just so you know, they just go so fast so smooth do you see what we see there what's behind that freedom well they've restricted themselves they've said no to certain things and yes to other things so that they can kind of hone their skills to be well to have their that talent unleashed in the same way you can see it with musicians when you see a musician sitting at a piano and just playing whatever they want they are free when you see somebody who picks up a guitar and they can just play whatever they want and they have just got this freedom on that instrument where did that freedom come from? Years and years of restriction. Years and years of saying no to certain things, yes to other things, so that they can be set free. Well, the same principle for us as humans. When we find the right restrictions, it's then that we're most free. And God is telling us through his word, look, let me sum everything up. Put me first, put others before yourself. If we live like that, then we can be set free. Those are the restrictions in which we can flourish. That's how we work best. This is our purpose. But secondly, we need to see our problem. That's our purpose. And I wonder, even as I'm saying that, you're thinking, oh my, I'm not doing that. I am not loving God with everything I've got. I'm not putting much energy into loving him or putting him first. I am not putting energy into serving and helping those around me. You know, I might do it occasionally from time to time, but really love others as i've as i love myself but i haven't done it and isn't harvest in place really for us to stop and realize that we haven't done it Uh, to make sure that we do say thank you to god for for what he's given us To, to to acknowledge that he is god he is the creator he's the maker he deserves our praise and our honor and yet we forget and so we have a sunday like this to say let's stop again and remember because we have failed in this haven't we God created us and made us to have our eyes looking outward for us to love God because he is worthy of our love and, and he is deserving of our love and to love others and to give ourselves for others. But the problem is our love is now curved inward and so our needs are we just thinking about ourselves? We're just thinking about maybe those close to us or those who are like us and we only end up Loving ourselves rather than loving God and others, so we've got a problem, and our problem is harvest is impossible. We can't uh, keep loving God. We can't love others as we should. And the lawyer that Jesus is speaking to has the same problem, because he's aware. Well, hang on. What do you mean here? Love your neighbour as yourself. But what does that mean? Do you see what that's? He says, verse 29. He desires to justify himself. He wants to make himself okay and right. So he says, okay, I'm to love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? Let's make this manageable. Give me something, you know, who who should I be loving? Is it those just near me? Is it just those who are like me? Limit this for me, Jesus. And then Jesus says this parable. He's saying, look, help, help me to quantify that love. Help me to know what that love is supposed to be. I want it to be manageable. I want to be able to do it on my own. And then Jesus says, well, let me tell you a story so this story is supposed to show us well really helps us unlock the, the key to what life is about isn't it so our our purpose which to love god and love others our problem that love instead of being outward out, that love has curved in on itself and we we focus on ourselves more than others but now we need to see finally but mostly our savior our savior so what story does jesus say he tells a story famous one and I'm sure you knew it before I read it. If you didn't, just to remind you of what's going on here. It's a man who was walking on this really notoriously dangerous stretch of road. It's, a, it's a, from Jerusalem to down to Jericho. It was downhill and it was around loads of hills and mountains. There were lots of caves that people could hide in. And every it was a dangerous patch of road. So this man was walking down and then these men jump out and he is stripped. He is beaten and he is left to die look at verse 32 here's this man dying and somebody walks past um verse 31 sorry a priest was walking down the road you think oh good somebody who's religious somebody who is to care for the poor because this priest would know the old testament law but what does the priest do he walked on the other side he ignores him he goes on the other side Verse 33 now a levite that is the priest's assistant again somebody who would know the old testament law they'd know they should love their neighbor look after those in need what happens again they walk on the other side have you ever wondered why do they walk on the other side of the road is it because they want to be far away from him because they don't you want to ignore him well partly yes but another reason is this here's a man and he's still alive and if he's still alive then the robbers must still be nearby so if they go and deal with him who knows they could be pounced on as well so they're looking after their own skin as it were and saying well I'm not going near there because I could be next so they go the other side of the road and they keep walking so what happens next verse 33 but a Samaritan now when we hear the word Samaritan we think oh good the goodies come you know the hero is here but back then there would have been a huge gasp at that point a Samaritan samaritans were hated by the jews they had different beliefs and they didn't speak to each other and they were really despised and looked down on so when jesus would have said the samaritan instead of like a "Ah," there would have been a "Ah," and a kind of almost like a not pantomime boo hiss you know that kind of thing oh no not not a samaritan what's going to happen here they hated the samaritans he's the enemy he is the despised one but what does this samaritan do well he journeyed and he came to where he was he saw him and had compassion he came close so he was risking his life there he could have been next to have been pounced on he has compassion that is his insides were moved with love to help him he'd have had to get down off his horse from his high point he got down he bound up his wounds He got oil out and wine and used it on him, which meant he wouldn't have had any for the rest of his trip. He put him on his animal, which meant he would have had to walk instead. He brought him to an inn. He paid for two days, 24, uh, sorry, two days wages, which would have been about 24 days of care. He paid all those expenses. He risked his life. It was costly. So this man had given everything for him. And so Jesus rightly asked at the end then, well, who do you think proved to be the neighbour? Who is the neighbour here? And the man couldn't even bring himself to say the word Samaritan, could he? He said, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, now, go and do likewise. Now, what a command that is. Go on, go and show mercy. Sometimes we can look at this parable and think, well, there's, there's no chance, is there? We're going to really struggle with that. How can i show that kind of sacrifice and cost and what can i do how can i live it how can i do it well jesus answered the question how we can live this out because it's not as simple as thinking right i need to be the good samaritan see jesus um, here is answering a question remember this man wants to limit who his neighbors are he wants to justify himself we're told that so i want to do this so what do i need to do jesus how many people who's my neighbor and jesus answer first of all is this anyone is your neighbor the person you most dislike the person you look down on the person who you think doesn't deserve anything they're your neighbor those people who you might not naturally get on with those people who you struggle with they're your neighbor not just those who are exactly like you you're to love them as you love yourself you're to have this love and compassion and generosity to them you are to give sacrificially it's going to cost you it's going to make you uncomfortable it's going to take time out of your life and again we think well how how are we supposed to do that well look at this uh, passage again but ask the question when the lawyer was asking the question where is he in the parable where is he where does jesus place him Well, jesus asks at the end who is my who is the neighbor here and he asks who is my neighbor yeah so the samaritan is the neighbor that's the answer the samaritan is the neighbor so the lawyer is the man on the floor receiving this love from his enemy he's the one left for dead he's the one who couldn't help himself and so the neighbor was being kind to him who is my neighbor he is the one who's helping you he's being more neighborly he's the one who's showing you care so where is is the lawyer in the parable he's on the floor He is helpless and verse 33 shows us this the samaritan had compassion that word is only used of jesus in the new testament only jesus is told to have that feeling towards others or in another parable where it's um, the person is god in the story the king so that is showing us something isn't it it's showing us how can we be go and do likewise how can we be like the good samaritan We need to realise where we are in the story. We need to realise that we are the man who can't help ourselves. We're the one who is helpless. Now, interestingly, isn't it, in the parable, there's two religious people. And they fail to help. See, that shows us religion can only go so far. We know that loving others is a good thing to do. We know that giving sacrificially for others is the right thing to do. But why don't we do it? Why do we struggle so hard? Because commands aren't enough. Our hearts need to be changed. Our hearts need to be transformed to see uh, something about ourselves before we can truly love others. Because isn't it true that often when we try and love other people, we can, always, we can almost do it for the wrong reason. Why is it that um, so often we want to do, we can end up doing voluntary work, but then we want to make sure that everybody knows we've done it, so we post it on social media or wherever so people can see? Or why is it that when the buckets are being shaken outside Tesco, we give because it's so noisy and we don't want to look like we've not given. And so we give to save face. Why do we give when we see um, painful adverts and and charities on TV like Comic Relief and um, uh, Children in Need? Often we do it because we want to have a more comfortable rest of the evening because we think, oh, I can't can't look at that suffering without doing something, so I'm going to do it for my own comfort. I know it isn't always the case, but so often, can't we see our motives for helping others can be tainted? Who are we really giving for? Well, here, when we grasp what Jesus is telling us in this parable, we can have our hearts change to truly give, to truly love from our heart. See, the Bible tells us this, and the big picture of the Bible is this. We are the man who is beaten up and left for dead. We are helpless. We cannot save ourselves. We're morally like that. We keep on failing. We are morally dead and dying on the road. So who's going to help us who is our good samaritan that's right it's jesus he's the one who showed compassion jesus is our true samaritan isn't he he was the enemy the bible tells us that naturally we're enemies with god now because we ignore him we hate him we don't want to follow him he came to us he saw us in our need and came to where we are he came to save us God the son came to this world he got off his high position as it were and came down to our level and he showed us compassion he was the rejected one he was despised he was looked down on and he didn't only risk his life but he gave his life for us he gave the greatest of sacrifices by laying down his life it didn't cost him just two days wages but it cost him everything And Jesus came to save us in our need because we couldn't save ourselves. And when we realise that we have been the recipients of that kindness and grace, it's then we say, well, if God can love me like that, then I can love others. When I am filled up with that love, then I don't need to serve others to get them to love me. I can just give, 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 because I'm so aware that God has loved me. And I'm so secure in his love. The love of God and that he shows us in the message of the Bible can set us free to truly love other people. It's so important here. Jesus isn't just saying go and do likewise without thinking of anything else. He's saying go and do likewise when you realize the compassion that has been shown to you. Now go and be the same as that good Samaritan. Be like Christ. Give everything for others. Jesus doesn't just say go and do it. He says look what i've done for you and when we realize that it's then we can see wow that first command love god with everything you've got look who is asking us to love him he's given everything for us he's given it all and he loves you dearly and maybe you're here this morning thinking well does god really love me could he really love me look at the true samaritan jesus christ the one who came from heaven who left the the riches and the comfort that he had and came to be a nobody on this world, who came and, and, and was despised, and died on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be made right, right with God. That's how much God loves you. And it's that God who says, now trust me, and follow me, and love me. And when, how can we love those around us? When we realise how much he's loved us, that he has filled us up with his love and his riches. Imagine the situation, you're on a life craft, and on this lifecraft as the boat was sinking you've managed to grab a bag and you look in this bag and there's one bottle of water and one tin of sweet corn okay and you think oh dear that's not much and on this life raft there's maybe 30 more of you and somebody says i'm hungry i'm thirsty and you look ahead and there's an island coming up and the island is just a pile of sand there's nothing there and they're all saying i'm thirsty how ready are you going to be to open your tin of sweet corn? Hoping you've got a ring pull on it. Anyway, how ready are you going to be to give some of your water? Well, it's going to be hard, isn't it? But what if you're on the same situation, you're on a life raft, you grab your bag with your tin, don't know why you've got a tin of sweet corn, but you have in this story. You've got a tin of sweet corn and some water, and you're going and saying, oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm hungry. And as you look ahead, you look at the island where you come into. And it is full of fruit. It is full of spring water that you can drink, full of vegetables. It is a land of bountiful um, fruit are you going to share what you've got then of course because there's loads to come it's because you've got so much you're ready to share when we realize all that god has given for us all that he has for us in jesus then we can truly give so today how can we go and do likewise realize how much the good samaritan jesus has helped and served you and then we can serve others then we can show mercy and kindness as he has shown it to us should we pray before we sing our last song together and ask that God would really help us to, to receive his love for us today. Father, we thank you so much for your son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for his wisdom. We thank you for his, his um, care. We thank you for his mercy. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you didn't just leave us lying on the side of the road as it were in our need and pain but that you stooped down so low that you gave everything you gave your life for us and we pray Lord please that as a result of receiving your love you would help us to love and serve others and those around us please Lord we pray help us and if there's anyone yet today who hasn't yet accepted the help of Jesus accepted what he has done for us please lord would today be the day where they turn to you and say jesus i need you we pray this in jesus name amen